This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora, good evening. National and ACT could form the next government just, according to our latest One News Varian poll. It is just under three months until the election and Labour seems to have been dented by a series of ministerial distractions. That's One News presenter Simon Dallow summing up the results of the newly named One News Varian poll. Despite that valiant effort to paint the poll as a harsh verdict on the government's screw-ups, it was mostly notable for how unnotable it was. Few parties moved more than the margin of error from the last One News poll in May, which also showed National and Act with the numbers to form the next government just. You might have thought the damp squib of a result would put the clamps on our political commentators' narrative-crafting abilities. Instead, for some, it proved to be a blank canvas on which they could express their boundless creativity. At Stuff, Chief Political Editor Luke Malpass wrote this sentence under a headline hailing a centre-right surge. Another poll? Another Philip for the right? One small issue with that, the poll showed a 2% drop for National and a 1% overall drop for the right bloc. The MediaWatch team has no qualifications in statistics, but we understand Phillips generally involve polls going up, not down. Similarly, a drop in support doesn't traditionally meet the definition of a surge in support. The lack of any big statistical swings wasn't enough to deter some commentators from making big calls. On Newstalk ZB, political editor Jason Walls said Labour was clearly plunging due to its disunity. Well, I mean, obviously you just have to look at what's happened within the Labour Party within the last couple of weeks or so. Although, despite the fact that we had the Prime Minister in China meeting Xi Jinping, we had him over in Europe meeting with um, Vladimir Zelensky, albeit just a hallway meeting rather than a bilateral, all he's been really able to talk about is what's happening within the Labour Party, be it mm. Stuart Nash, be it other ministers that have been behaving badly, Jan Tanetti um, and a number of others. And that's voters punish that. Voters punish, and we've seen yeah. this from the Nats in opposition – They punish disunity, and it's clearly down to that. Labour dropped 2% in this poll. It's uncertain what National's equivalent 2% drop was down to. Perhaps voters punish unity as well. Much Mackay's own commentary was a bit more nuanced, placing the poll in the context of wider trends. But the questions to her weren't always quite so measured. Here she is on TVNZ's Breakfast the day after the poll's release. One News political editor Jessica Much Mackay joins us now. Jess, the news is just getting worse and worse for Labour and Chris Hipkins, isn't it? Look, it's not a great poll for Labour, but I understand behind the scenes it's not quite as bad as they thought it could be. And perhaps looking at some of those numbers, National hasn't quite capitalised on what could have been an even worse result for them. Perhaps that air of disbelief inside Labour also extended to the parliamentary press gallery. After all, the commentators are right. Labour has had a terrible few months, with high-ranking ministers defecting, being stood down, being censured by the Parliamentary Privileges Committee, facing allegations of mistreating staff, or struggling with the apparently near-impossible task of selling shares in Auckland Airport. Maybe a sense of inertia propelled some of our gallery members to keep rolling with the narrative, even if it didn't marry up with the poll's actual results. Or maybe part of the issue is that 
Hyping the significance of these individual polls is a financial fillip for news organisations which pay a lot to commission them. Stuff political reporter and commentator Andrea Vance talked about that recently on the organisation's daily Newsable podcast. I mean, you're going to squeeze the hell out of it, right? You paid 11, 12, whatever grand for a poll. You got It's got to be the top story. Mm. It's got to be your lead. You've got to have the fancy graphics and, uh, oh, God, I'm never going to get a job again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's and I think this is fundamentally... This, I think that, that I think your question goes to the gut of why I feel so strongly about it because oh, it, it just feels like we're manufacturing news, mm. right? We're taking a piece of information that is a snapshot in time, and we're pretending that we know the future. We're pre- and that's bad, right? That's that's not a good thing. We shouldn't be doing that. Vance went on to say these kinds of snapshot polls don't actually tell us all that much. Actually, they're telling us what's happening right there and then and in the past. So we're using them the wrong way around, right? Polls are valuable when you look at them as a trend over a long period of time. One poll will not tell you what you need to know. It'll tell you about a point in time, but it won't tell you about a trend. It definitely cannot tell you what's going to happen at the election. There was a disclaimer, though. Vance said long-term polling trends are worth paying attention to. It's probably no coincidence then that the most useful analysis of this latest poll focused on those macro trends. In a piece for onenews.co.nz, John Campbell noted voters' slow drift away from the centre, with Labour losing 20% of the electorate's support since 2020 and National failing to fully capitalise on that drop-off. He quoted Yates' line, the centre cannot hold, before asking this question. What do Labour and National stand for, really? Perhaps, just perhaps, this is a growing section of the electorate saying you're almost as bad as each other. That sentiment has been echoed by other commentators. In his latest column for Metro magazine, pundit and former National Party comms man Matthew Hooten decried the major party's lack of ambition. At least act the Greens and Tapati Māori aren't insulting you with bullshit. Instead, they offer ideas they think will make your life better, even if they'll never happen. So, here's a better idea than falling for the big scare from National or Labour. How about using your ballot paper to tell them to f*** off and reward one of the three ideas parties with your vote instead? And on his podcast, The Kaka, financial journalist Bernard Hickey and commentator Daniel McLaughlin criticised our major parties for their grey managerialism. You kind of have to go back to the mid-1990s. So many people just hated the two major parties because they didn't trust anything they said. And you saw the rise of New Zealand First and the Alliance and the ACT Party. And so we kind of seem to be going through a similar phase now. It's really the two major parties are just these managerial centrist parties. Neither of them really have anything to offer in terms of a vision. So people are going to the other parties. Maybe it's a little shaky to say anyone's surging or flopping on the basis of a couple of percentage points shifting in a single poll. But if you zoom out a bit, at least one narrative does have a strong foundation. And that's voters saying, to misquote Shakespeare this time, a plague on both your untaxed houses. 